0: I know, I know. Another late episode. You said Sunday was your day to drop new episodes. It's Monday again. Here we are. I get it. I get it. But cut me some slack, okay? This dad life is whooping my ass, man. I am tired. And um, I just took a nap for the first time in like a week. I don't take naps. So if you know me, you know I do not take naps. But um, without further ado, I'm Reese and welcome to Dad Day's. Good afternoon, good afternoon, beautiful people. Uh, For that afternoon where you at, it is while I'm recording. Uh, Don't matter when you hear it. I record this in the afternoon, the PM. I hope everybody's doing well, man. I am just so glad that we're here. Episode five, the deep dive, man. I'm glad y'all are still here, still rocking, be still listening. Um, And I'm just really grateful to be recording another episode. I hope everybody's energy is right. I hope everybody's getting the healing that they need and deserve. And I hope that every day y'all are becoming a little bit better. And that's just some, some beautiful shit, man. It's just beautiful to see. Evolution is a, is a wonderful thing. Uh, especially when you get to see it uh, over time and look back and see how much you've grown. We got a real great show lined up for y'all today. Number one, I'm introducing a new segment called Deep Dive. And Deep Dive is actually going to be uh, right after the tip-top tip of the week and right before story time. So it's going to be in that little uh, bubble of time space. Uh, it's going to be its own segment on its own. Today, though, we're going to stick to the old way we do things, and it's just going to be the main main segment today. Uh, and I'll be getting... Uh, a bit deeper with y'all and showing y'all a more vulnerable part of myself because it's come to my attention that uh, I could be being more vulnerable. And my number one thing about this show, y'all, is to try to be open, try to be vulnerable, try to be transparent and honest with y'all and just show y'all that different side of not just me, but dads in general or, or just a person who's lived my experiences. So I just wanted to let y'all know that I try my best to be as vulnerable as I can. And uh, this new segment is going to be a way to not only do that, but um, I guess just get more in-depth into it and kind of give it its own feel. So I'm excited to be starting this new segment today. Uh, Deep Dive basically, like I just said, is a chance for me to be vulnerable and it's going to catch everything that maybe I don't talk about in main topics, you know, because main topics kind of focus on a theme, and tip top tip of the week kind of focuses on guiding y'all further and giving y'all tips, tricks, and advice, so this, I guess, will be a way to, well, not I guess, I know this will be a way to definitely get more vulnerable and get more in-depth into my own personal experiences, so I'm excited to be here with y'all, man. Also on the show today, we're going to have my good friend and uh, creator of the digital content for my show, uh, Ra. I call him Ra. He's a childhood nickname. His name is Arlazon. He's a phenomenal artist. We're going to have him on to give a recount of a story that uh, he thinks of and remembers fondly with his father. He'll also be answering a couple questions that I have for him regarding his relationship with his father. So it's going to be it's going to be a great time having him on. Man. He's a he's a bright young mind. He's one of the most gifted artists I know. He's an entrepreneur. He's a go getter. And I just can't wait for y'all to hear him and and get to hear his story. So without further ado, um, let's get into deep dive. Oh, before we do, I've noticed something Um as I've started my journey into the podcast world, anytime I tell somebody that I have a podcast um, or I'm starting a podcast and I have a few episodes in, I, I notice that the usual answer, more than more than not, is um, either somebody discrediting my time as a father or... Discrediting my validity as a podcaster, and it just—it feels very disingenuous and I and I don't appreciate it at all. Um, if you don't rock with me, cool. Let me know that. I, if you don't want to be here, don't be here. I, don't, I'm, I go where I'm celebrated, not where I'm tolerated. Uh, and if you made it this far, and you kind of just waiting on me to fail, or just listening until a point like kind of means to end type the deal then i don't want you here i want nothing but positive energy surrounding me people who support me and i feel like that's what i have but a lot of a lot of the times when i tell people about my podcast they're like oh you haven't even been a dad that long or oh you haven't even you know a podcast ah not another nigga with a podcast and a, and a microphone oh my gosh People get a microphone to think they can start a podcast. And they try to hide it behind jokes, but I I can feel it. What, what did Kendrick Lamar say? I recognize your false promises and fake comments. Some, something like that. Something like that. He Basically, it was on all of the stars. It's a bar. If y'all ain't heard that song, go check it out. It's with Citizen and Kendrick. Some of my favorite artists, but... It was like, I recognize your false confidence and calculated promises and something like that. You know, just basically being able to tell that someone's doing something fake, man. And I, I don't appreciate that because I, I pride myself on being very genuine and, and very real. And if you're not rocking with me, leave. Like I said, because um, I, I work hard on my podcast and I work hard to do the research and give y'all, y'all the content that I do. So if you know if y'all are gonna just shit on it as soon as I tell you about it, that's that's kind of fucked up, man. So again, if you if you don't think I got a chance to make it, you ain't gotta say nothing. You ain't gotta fake hype me up or none of, none of that. Just just know that I know y'all. you all say certain things or, or do things a certain way. I can feel it, you know. And I know some people are genuinely joking. I'm not. I'm not stupid. But a lot of y'all ain't man. A lot of y'all really genuinely don't believe in me, and maybe are even waiting for me to fail because I don't know. You got something your own life feel ain't gonna go right, so you feel like me trying something new. Why should I get the chance to shine? But just know I see you, and I don't appreciate the fake energy. I'm not gonna call y'all out, but you know who you are. without further ado, let's get in the deep dive. So, um I just basically wanted to start this segment off with how I felt about the first time Lay was or found out she was pregnant. And no actually, the first time she told me I had just got back from boot camp and me and Lay were, you know, doing what we do. And, you know, one thing led to another. She got pregnant. And we didn't even know. Literally, like, I think a week before she told me I was, uh, we were at, like, his Caribbean spot. And she was having to take care of me because I was throwing up as soon as we got outside. It was actually a really funny story. But another, another time. Um, I come, and we had a dog at the time. His name is Leo. Uh, he's a red-nosed pit bull. He's so beautiful. Such a good dog. Wild as hell. But, Yeah. I came home from work, and my fiance at the time, um, you know, she told me she had a surprise for me. And I was, you know, I was genuinely like, oh, because I love surprises. She know I love surprises. I always tell her, I don't care what you give me along, surprise. You can give me a pen. And if if it's a surprise, I'm happy. So I just love surprises. And she, you know, let me in. I'm thinking she cooked because I'm the cook in the family. So I'm thinking like, okay. My wife done made me some meals. She sat me down. I could tell like this little TV tray thing we have to eat in the living room was was propped up in front of me, and I'm like, okay. So I'm like trying to smell like like what's like, I don't smell anything. I don't feel no steam coming up. I don't I don't have I don't smell any room in the air of cooking. So I'm like, okay. And my eyes are still closed. I could tell she was recording. Because, you know, you just tell somebody's doing something and you kind of, like, hear and play something. Like, I could, I could tell she was recording. So, I'm like, she's wanting my reaction, but I don't know for what. Um, And then she just, you know, told me to open my eyes. And I look down and I see a onesie with all this dad shit on it. I'm like, oh, it's a white onesie. I'm like, she done got Leo onesie because we had been buying them clothes at the time. I don't know how I missed three pregnancy tests right next to it. Just completely didn't see it. I just was focused on the onesie. And then I looked around and I saw these pregnancy tests, and it took me a minute and it clicked. I was like, wait. And I looked at her, and she was smiling. And she was like, not like a super happy smile, more like a you're waiting for somebody to see how they react to news kind of smile. Like, ah, you see, I'm pregnant. And I'm not going to lie, at first, I was. Feeling every emotion I think I could feel. I was happy. I was scared. I was relieved. I was I was worried. I was a little upset. I was, um, I, I don't even know any other words to, to explain it, but I was just feeling a multitude of emotions at that time. Number one was because of some uh, stuff in my history. I didn't know if I was gonna be able to have kids. I was just happy that my baby juice worked. I was like, oh my goodness. And I started dancing with the dog. I was so happy. I was so, so fucking happy. I was just ecstatic. But what really started to settle in is I had to start mentally preparing to be a father because uh, a lot of my, I had recently just started to kind of grow up. You know, because I've been childish my whole life and I realized that that stemmed from um, me having to grow up really fast in my own childhood. And I got a lot of responsibility, a lot of um, very early on and uh, um, a lot of it was toxic, but I've I've worked that out in therapy. Um, and a lot of it was very unhealthy responsibility, but I worked that out and a lot of it I put on myself, you know, so... I didn't really get to experience childhood, so I feel like that's why I was so quote unquote childish as I got older and you know and I'm still kind of childish but you know more more or less I've definitely changed and, and grown a lot and a lot more mature now it's li- literally in this last year or two i've I've grown tremendously versus you would have met me like three years ago i was wow man so mentally preparing to be a father after just kind of getting into my own version of adulthood was—it was tough, man. I had a lot of things running through my mind, and I actually, you know, we were we were thinking about maybe not having a baby, if you know what I mean. You no, know, we were thinking we we're young, and you know, we haven't really gotten time to enjoy each other yet. Be married. We we weren't married yet, so we didn't get a chance to even enjoy our honeymoon stuff like that. And, you know, we was all this stuff running through our mind, and it was something that I just couldn't fathom that we were gonna go through. Um, my brother, actually, Andrew, he actually he's got three kids of his own, you know, ranging fourteen to five right now. So fourteen to seven to five, they are they're amazing kids and he's an amazing father and he's got an amazing partner and they they take care of business you know and i called to him and i i asked him about it you know and i just wanted to get his take on it he he heard our timeline we were supposed to have a kid like two years later we we're gonna start trying to have a kid like two years later and he was like you're gonna regret it if you don't man you know if you're gonna have it anyway you're just gonna look back and be like dang could already had a kid uh, and he said some more stuff that I like to keep private, but um, definitely, definitely helped me out in that moment to really decide and get in and gave me the confidence to to get through that. You know, I don't think I would have been okay to continue had I not spoken to my brother. Um, and of course, my wife as well. We sat down and had a conversation about it. Fiance at the time, but, you know, we had a conversation about it and just... You know, between those two, I I felt secure enough to tackle. Be like, okay, I'm I'm gonna do my best to tackle this head on. And a lot of people might tell you when they find out that their significant is pregnant, they might be like, oh, I was ready. Yeah, I'm ready. Hey. Hey. Sorry, y'all. I'm tired. Always oh, tired. But a lot of people might be like, I was ready. Or, you know, like, I, was, I never re- was ready. But me, I'm on that side. I never was ready. I never was ready to to meet this little girl. But I did have a lot of support that I think a lot of dads should should utilize. Number one, my wife, one hundred percent my wife. Um, you know, she's the one that's pregnant and needed my support. I needed mentally. I was in a place of like, dang, I need to make sure that I'm good. Because financially, for one, financially I had just left Like, two different jobs uh, due to just, they weren't, they weren't good for me. One physically, one mentally. And I just, I left it and I was unemployed for like two months. Um, And this is after finding out she was pregnant. And that really hit me because I was like, I need to make sure I have a job. That scared the shit out of me to not have a job right before my baby got here or not right before, it was like way months before she got here, but just, you know, it scared me, and I realized that I was going to have to hold down a job, and that's when I started working with uh, Gainesville Police Department, and, you know, doing that that whole thing for a little while, and, you know, I just, I promised myself that I wasn't going to be put out like that again by my own self and my own actions, um... And I just felt like I had to be this provider and I had to, because I'm naturally like not even as a uh, thinking in the terms of a male role, naturally, just me as a person, justice, I I'm usually the one I want to be the provider. I want to be the one who's got all the answers. I, I was always Captain Ho when I was younger. I wanted to be the hero. I always wanted to be the one helping and sometimes saving. So for me to not be in a situation to do that, it really kind of threw me into a funk, and um, I was in a bad space mentally for a little while. But my wife supported me through it, and luckily I found that job with GPD, and that's now it's furthering my career even beyond that. So you know I'm blessed to say that <laughs> she um, she helped me get out of that, and the only reason I was able to get out of that is because I was open and honest with her about how I was feeling. I wasn't always the best to get along with. I was stubborn and I was cranky sometimes. And I was, I don't want to say depressed. I wasn't depressed. I was more just sad and and, uh, maybe resentful that she was able to work and I wasn't at the time. You know, so I just, it really messed me up. So I, I had a lot of mental preparing to do before Zora got here. One being to get in this mindset of um, me and my wife are a partnership. When one of us is down, the other's got us no matter what. And being able to trust that and, and, and deal with that and not think that I have to put the weight of the world and my family on my back. Another thing that helped me get through this pregnancy with my wife was uh, mommy and me. Mommy and me, if you don't know what mommy and me is, they should call it family and me because it was amazing. It was so informational, it was so informative, it was so welcoming, and it was just um reassuring. It was um it was it was crazy. They give you tips about your baby, things you don't know. I learned about a blowout in mommy and me. That first tip I gave y'all about how to deal with blowouts and prevent them, I learned what that was in mommy and me. I did not know what that shit was like. Almost like a few months ago. And here I am trying to prevent them. Mommy and me was amazing. Also, again, not trying to give them any sponsorship, but what to expect, again, helped me understand not only what my wife's body was going through, but what my daughter's body was going through. And, you know, it was its crazy. Another thing I had to mentally prepare for was having a girl because... We were told that it was a boy. And the boy's name was going to be Zylan. We were not ready. But this one actually was going to be spelled with a Z. Unlike Zora, who's spelled with an X. But we were expecting a boy. We even made a whole video and everything had a gender reveal. Smear paint on each other. Just to find out it was a girl. And we both wanted a boy. And nothing against our baby girl. We love our baby girl. But we were just wanted a boy. Um, my, one of my main reasons for wanting a boy is I know how hard women have it in this world, especially black women. Black women are the most disrespected group in America, at least, if not the world. And I just, I know how hard my baby would have it if she was a girl. And that's why I just wanted her to be a boy so she could, you know, have some kind of privilege. But, you know, um, we got God on our side and I'm, I feel, now I feel ready to, What's the word? Release her into the world once once, once she gets of age. I feel like once that day comes, I'll be more ready. Like when she starts going to school or when she, we start leaving her with family members and stuff like that. I feel I feel like I'll be ready at that time. I don't know how ready I am right now. Like if I had to do it today, I don't think I'd be ready. But, you know, as, as time goes on, I feel like I will be ready. Because when I found out I was a girl, I felt like my world came crashing down. I just thought like, oh my God, all the perverts and all the all the mean girls and all oh my God, the periods, the 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 social media. I just everything ran through my head. Every and then all I felt like all my karma was coming back to me. because I, I I used to be I don't say a womanizer, but I used to be I used to I used to be out in the streets. And I just I felt like damn no, please don't let her end up like a dude with a dude like I, how I was, you know? And I just, I start that's how I saw it for like a few months or a couple months actually. And I was just so worried and so distraught that it was going to be a girl because I was like, how, I, one, I was like, how am I going to raise a girl with my wife? How am I going to do this? I don't know anything. Two what if I'm too hard on her? What if I'm not there? Like I don't want to create another girl with daddy issues. Like I just I was I was stressed out. All this all these worries and anxieties running through my head at the time. But once I was able to sit down and talk to God and really listen and really tune in with my wife, I felt so much better about things. You know? the way me and my wife instilled how we're going to raise this beautiful baby girl, I was, I felt more at peace. And it actually helped a lot when I met her. Leia's pregnancy was, she was in labor for 50 hours, but active labor, active pushing. She was only doing that for 10 minutes. That baby slipped right out. And without any tearing or any any major complications, Leia was fine. She was walking around, I think like a few hours later. Um, I finally got to hold my baby girl and she was everything and weirdly at the same time, nothing. And that's a very weird feeling to explain. Like I was holding her, but I didn't get that connection that I thought I was going to get. Like that movie, start, you know, like love at first sight. Kind of what I got with my wife. I, like when I met my wife for the first time, like, in person, I was so taken back. I felt like I was in a movie. I felt like I was the main character. You know what I'm saying? But when I held my baby girl, I felt everything like, oh, I'm going to protect this girl. I'm going to be there for her. I'm going to be there. But at the same time, I didn't get that, like, like, oh, I didn't get that kind of feeling. Like, I just was there. And I guess that's the reality of it. But I don't know. I don't know. All I know was, I, I, I didn't know as soon as I saw her that I loved her and I wanted to protect her. Um, but that bond definitely wasn't there. And I guess that's normal. But it was something that was very new to me. Um, as for my feelings towards being a father, I hated it. Um, I still have mixed feelings about it to this day, but... Um, that's far my baby girl. I always love her. She's such an easy baby. Um, she doesn't cry a lot at all. Uh, except for that first time we brought her home. We was in that hospital. So I'm getting ahead of myself. After I met my baby girl, for one, she flicked me off as soon as she met me. I'm not bullshitting with y'all. I was, my first time holding her, she gave me a smile. And, and that kind of helped, you know, with that bond thing I was telling y'all about. And I was like, okay, you know, you're all right. And then I looked down, and I saw the biggest middle finger I've ever seen in my life. I was like, Lord, <laughs> yeah, you mine. I, I knew from right there. I was like, yeah, this is mine, daughter. And I kind of, like, hip ease. It wasn't tension in the room, but, you know, just, like, holding her. I was like, oh, my God. Like, like you could cut the... You know how they say you can cut the tension with a knife? You could cut, like, whatever I was feeling with a knife. You could feel it. I was like, Ugh. I was just holding this little baby. But when you're in that hospital... It doesn't really hit you as when you go home. Like one day you're a couple and one of y'all just happened to be pregnant and y'all are just doing stuff, you know, getting ready for the baby, having baby showers, you know, all that stuff doesn't really prepare you for when you leave that hospital. Because at the hospital, you have so many questions. You worry about the baby breathing. You worry about this. You worry about that. When she was first born, it was this little black tar that came out. And apparently that's how her first poop looks just because she's been swimming around that ambiotic fluid all the time. In the mama's stomach. Um, So I was... Every little thing had me worried. Her breathing, this, that. You know what I'm saying? Just, ugh. I was worried about everything. And... Being responsible for a little life... Off the bat was the scariest shit ever. Like... The only life I've been responsible for like solely I think was a hamster like the only that's the only life I've solely been responsible for outside of my own was a hamster named muffin who lived for three years I think three and a half which the time span is three to five years so I think I did pretty good um yeah she she was cool I, she was a suicidal little hamster but that's beside the point I doesn't again another story for another day. I've never been, besides that little hamster, I've never been solely responsible for another life. And I thought it was nuts and almost overwhelming how now I'm like, me and my wife are responsible for this girl. We're responsible for feeding her, clothing her, changing her, making sure she's okay, not smothering her, not falling asleep with her accidentally. And again, this girl made it so easy. The, the tiredness that I seen with my brother or his first kid, I didn't feel that tiredness. Off the bat, if that makes sense. Like, the way he was tired, the way I remember him looking, I don't think I felt. Maybe I did, it just, you know, I was just going through the motions and didn't get time to notice. But I didn't feel it, you know. But I will say that first night, uh, it was very challenging. Very, very challenging. Because I was, uh, me and my wife delegate baby responsibilities. But that's the tip-top tip of the week next segment. Um... I'll get more into that there, but I was on the couch and I was watching her, and she just would not stop crying. I'd fed her, I'd, I'd changed her, I, I was holding her close. I didn't know what else she wanted. I was literally asking her, "What do you want?" And I was to my wits end, and I just let it, her, let it, her, her, on my, let her lay on my chest, and fell asleep, and she fell asleep too. And that's when I realized sometimes baby's just gonna cry. And as crazy as it sounds. Yes, babies are just going to cry. And all this time, I am a complete mess on the inside. I am falling apart. And when I fall apart inside, I shut down outside. And I kind of shut down on my wife just a little bit. We have uh, these things, these check-ins monthly and bonding time every night. So, you know, we check in with each other a lot. And I think that's, again, one of the things that help us stay strong. But I just was shutting down, man. And and it wasn't no fault of my, of my wife's. It was no fault of baby girls. I just was very overwhelmed. And I just needed to step back. And I couldn't verbalize it at the time. So, again, thanks, thanks to my wife being very um, aware and very uh, considerate, you know, she helped me get through that. You know, by talking out what I was going through, and you know, normalizing some of the stuff I was feeling, validating my feelings. So, I don't think without her, I would have, I would have been okay. I don't know how to all the single moms, to all the single dads. Fucking kudos! I don't know how y'all do this. There's two of us, and I'm still baffled at how motherfuckers raise kids. Because we're not having no more kids. This is it. Number one was it. I wanted more kids, but no. Zora is it. She over here sleeping now. She's stirring a little bit. I'm trying to pat her on the back. But, yeah, I I just don't know how, how y'all do it. So, yeah, my feelings toward fatherhood was... Absolutely hated it for, like, the first month, month and a half, maybe two months. Uh, and it was no fault. Again, no fault of my daughters just... I didn't like, another thing, I didn't like that I I lost my, is it autonomy? I lost my autonomy or just my own able to, basically my time, I guess, is a better way of saying it. I had to section my time because, you know, it was like, they gave me my wife section off how much time we watch door. I feel like now, before you have a kid, you have so much free time. Oh, yeah, I could play the game for a few hours. Oh, yeah, I could watch a movie. Oh, yeah, let's go do this. Oh, yeah, let's go do that. No, you have to consider everything now. Like, dang, who's going to watch Zora? Right, do we have enough diapers? Do we have enough this? Do we have enough that? Is she going to have enough formula for that, for a trip like that? Do we have to bring the bottles? Do we have to bring the bag? Do we have to bring the stroller? We have to... Ooh. Sorry. I had to you know how you got to pop your ears hold my nose real quick, try to pop my ears, but we had to consider all that, and I just, again, was so like, this isn't fair, I shouldn't have to give up my time for a decision I made. And as crazy as that sounds, that's how I felt. And I just couldn't fathom just, like, having to do this every day for the next 18 years. But Month three hit, I guess, or month two and a half. And I don't know, something changed. And I just felt I guess I guess cause I've been staying home with baby girl for like a month now. Month, yeah. About a month, yeah. And she's just been a joy. And I've been seeing the personality of my daughter and really getting to understand like what it means to really be a father and take care of your child you know and i and i know i can already hear y'all it's been three months calm down my experience is my own okay everything y'all experience as fathers and mothers will not be what i experienced or it may be again that's my experience to have all i know is i know things are gonna change as she gets older and there are gonna be different trials and tribulations i gotta face but for right now, this is my experience as a father. It's been wild already. And It's only been three months. I feel like it's been a year. So I just need to... I've learned to just go with the flow and know that I can't control everything and not everything's going to go my way. And that's okay. Because a baby is chaotic. Chaotic! Um, but this is one of the most sweetest girls to to do the baby thing with because she is easy. A very easy baby. Sleeps through the night. It, very nice. Even without the outside and they say, oh, you're not going to be able to get her on a schedule. Oh, she's going to do this. Oh, she's going to do that. We, Everything they said that we couldn't do, we did. Everything that they said we're going to be able to do was done. So, you know, I had my, my own experience. And... I'm sure my wife went through it with me just just as hard. You know, because this took a toll on her, not just mentally, physically. So you know, shout out to her. Um But yeah, anyway, man, that's that's my deep dive, y'all. <laughs> it's enough it's enough feelings and whatnot for for one segment. I appreciate y'all listening. That's basically what deep dive is gonna be. Um, just me getting into you know how I feel about certain things, and again, my experiences, especially with fatherhood, but also other things like maybe my experience being mixed, maybe my experience being in black in America. Um, you know, being who, uh, who I am in this state, time, and and uh, culture. You know, so it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a great new segment, I, I believe, and uh, I just want to thank y'all for being a part of it. Alright y'all, it's time for Tip Top Tip of the Week And yes, I did just come up with that name this week That's gonna be what this segment's called Tip Top Tip of the Week If it's corny, fuck you. Yeah. Okay, I like it Um, This week's tip of the week is going to be How to keep your relationship strong after a baby It's a very important one, man A lot of y'all just be out here Just procreating yeah. Some of y'all do it on purpose, some of y'all don't some of y'all stick it out. Some of y'all don't. It just is what it is. But if you have a baby and you want to keep your relationship strong, I'd highly suggest you take these methods. Because uh, one in five of the relationships end after having a baby. Um, and that's due to new research uh, found on www. Good2.com slash wellbeing slash relationships. They have found research to suggest that 20% of relationships uh, end after having a baby due to things like uh, not feeling appreciated, not having sex, um, the responsibilities of having a baby, parenting styles, that all, all sorts of things. So these tips are going to help y'all to combat those and Keep y'all's relationship nice and strong, because a lot of people forget that y'all are a couple before y'all are parents. And a lot of uh, and people might not agree with that, but you have to. Y'all were there first. If y'all's relationship ain't strong, it's gonna be very hard to parent effectively. So the first one is gonna be self regulation. Like I said in the last segment, I was in a very dark place for. Not that long, but a little while uh, in my head. I was in a very, very bad place. Um, And my wife was able to help me get out of it. Um, But what I needed to do to help her help me was self-regulate. I needed to be able to regulate my emotions and um, how I spoke and what I told her. Because she can't help me if I don't tell her I need help. If I'm just angry all the time and walk around like like I'm mad at the world and or just worried and I just withdraw completely, she doesn't know anything. So I had to self-regulate and and tell her what was going on and and watch my tone no matter how I was feeling and things like that. Also, you know, hygiene and all that sort of thing. So just self-regulation is gonna be a a great one to combat and keep your relationship strong. Equally or fairly dividing responsibilities involving a child. That's a big one. So me and my wife, I made a system uh, of how we could do... What was it? Night shift. Um, Basically, whoever did night shift the night before uh, would wake up... Or the one who didn't do night shift before wakes up at 6 a.m. And they do a 6 to 9 Then the next one does a 9 to 6, or I mean a 9 to 12. So a 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Then we go in two-hour increments. That way we can end with the other person who didn't do night shift doing night shift that night. So we go 2 to 12, then 12 to 4, then 4 to 6. And then right before we get done with the the shift, we do another three-hour. So before the person who does night shift does night shift, then the person who who did night shift last night is going to have a three-hour shift from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. And then from 9 p.m. to 6 a.m. the next day is how the other person is going to do their shift. And it works for us. It really, really, really works for us. Um, My wife came up with another one for when I was working. Um, She came up for uh, one while I'm at work. Uh, when I came home, and she was on maternity leave, she would give me an hour, or however long I needed, but no more than an hour, to decompress, to play the game, to relax, to take a shower, to eat, whatever. And then I would take the kid for three hours after that, but basically, by that time, the kid would be asleep. I'd just put the kid to bed after that. But if she woke up anytime three hours after that, it'd be my responsibility, and then I guess that'd be like ten o'clock, from ten o'clock to six A. M. was her responsibility. And I and I would help out if she really needed help and she would help out if I really needed help. But we was able to regulate or um, equally and fairly divide up the responsibilities, you know. If I just fed her, she'll feed her. Um, if she's doing most of the feeding, I make most of the milk. You know, that's how we did that and I would do the bottles, we pretty much do the equal amount of diapers. I think she, but I wholeheartedly believe she did more. She was at home with her for like first three months. Um so yeah. Yeah, we we definitely divide up those responsibilities involving the child as equally and as fairly as we can because one person feels like they're not getting that fairness of things, or if they're getting the short end of the stick, it's gonna create a bit of resentment, you know. I know the kid, you know, and they'll be like, well, it's your kid. It's what you're supposed to do. Again, if your partner feels like you're not pulling your weight, then there's going to be an issue. And just because one of y'all works and one of y'all doesn't does not mean that y'all could just fuck off and leave them with all the responsibilities of raising that child. That's not an excuse. And it's a piss poor one at that. So... Yeah, just equally and fairly divided responsibilities of all a child. You, what works for y'all is what works for y'all, okay? If one of y'all is cool at working and one of y'all is cool at having 100% responsibility, then that's, and that's fair to y'all, then cool. But as long as everybody's happy and everybody's feeling like they're getting a good deal in the situation, that's all it takes to keep you all relationship strong. As long as everybody's happy. Appreciated, feeling Appreciated. Your partner does amazing, okay? And if they don't, it's another story. But in my case, my wife is an amazing, amazing mother. And I'm an amazing, amazing father. And we tell each other that all the time. Let your partner know that you appreciate them. If they're not the ones taking care of the baby, but they're out going to get the money. Or if they're the ones staying home with the baby. Or if they've just been busting their ass to help you. Where you've been falling short with your responsibilities, let them know that you appreciate them. I don't care what people say, people like being appreciated, man. People like, they might not, they might embarrass them a little bit sometimes, but people like letting them know like, hey, I, I seen what you did, I appreciate that. There ain't got to be nothing sappy or nothing real mushy or gushy none of that shit. Just tell them you appreciate them. That's plain and simple. I should not explain that one no further. Uh, the next one is, have sex. Have sex. In accordance with the doctor's Suggestion and advice Okay, cause your wife just went through a Or your fiance or partner or whoever Just went through a very traumatic Situation, they pushed a the little Human being, out of David with JJ Okay, that's That's a toughie okay? And fellas, don't Don't be discouraged cause you done Seen the, the baby come out And be like, oh my gosh Down there is ruined Don't be thinking that shit that's, that's really weird thinking, okay? The vagina goes back to its natural state. It is, I promise you, it goes back to being fine. Okay, a lot of, I've, I've actually heard a lot of dudes say that they, you know, no matter how big they are, they, they think that it will never be the same having sex. It's It's not like that, I promise. In the rarest of cases, maybe, but I, no, it'll be fine. Literally, you can go Google it. You can go talk to some women who've had kids. You can literally, whatever. It's it's fine. So don't get discouraged, okay, because they had a baby and they pushed the baby out of them. Please don't. Admire them for it. They they worked hard on that, man. And what you can do, I think it's like six weeks out there. You can start having sex again. Have sex, okay? Yeah, that's, that's one way for y'all to be intimate and bond, okay? So that physical connection. And if you're not doing that out of... If uh, you find your a significant other, you're looking at them different, you was there at the birth, you saw the vagina in a different light, and it's kind of weirding you out, talk to him about it, because you can't just stop having sex, man. That's going to create problems, especially if it's for the wrong reasons.
1: <sighs>
0: All Next is going to be some preventative measures to keep your relationship strong that you can do before you have a baby. Number one is going to be make sure your relationship is strong before you have a baby, okay? If you have a broken relationship, don't have a baby. If you have a relationship that is toxic, abusive, um, or any of the above, don't have a baby. Babies don't fix shit, okay? Babies actually put a lot of stress on shit because babies are work, Okay? Unless you rich as shit and hire a nanny and y'all can focus on y'all. It's hard raising another little one and having to still work on yourself and work on your relationship. It's very hard. And in some cases, work, work out, free time, do you, this and that. It's very hard. You just invited a little person who needs a lot of attention and a lot of patience. Okay. Which is the patience sometimes that you don't even have with yourself, let alone your significant other. So, Please make sure your relationship is strong before you have a baby. It makes no sense to have a relationship that is falling apart and be like, I'm going to have a baby. Just bring that baby into into trauma. Don't do that. Uh, Another one, have a plan. Okay, Me and my wife had a very loose plan, but we still had a plan. Um, We just executed the plan a lot earlier than we thought we would. And when I say a lot earlier, I mean literally mean a couple years. We were going to start trying to have a baby uh, when Leigh was 22. So, she's 20 now. So, yes, have a plan. Because um, unplanned pregnancy is very stressful, okay? Especially, if, uh, I get if the pregnancy is not on time and it's a little later, a little earlier. But n- not at all planned. Like, y'all weren't planning on having kids at all. That's that's going to fuck you up, okay? So have a plan, okay? And that, it's plain is simple. I'm not going to tell you how to make a plan. Just make a plan. Something. An outline. Shit, a three-step plan. Have sex, raise the kid, do right by the kid. Cool. Have a plan. Because not only does it mentally prepare you to have that kid when it does get here, it makes it a hell of a lot easier to be like, okay, well, at least we have some kind of guideline. And that guideline's is going to get blurred as the kid gets here, but... <sighs> It's still better to have a plan. And last but not least, before you even think about bringing another little life into this world, think about this. You are raising this kid with another person. What is the one thing that people do no matter what at some point in their lives when they are around other people? They argue. They butt heads. They are going to disagree at some point about something. It is not a thing to agree with everything unless you're a people pleaser you're not really making your stuff known that's a whole nother conversation in itself you need to talk about parenting values before you have a baby know what your significant other values know what they don't know what you value know what you don't know what your boundaries are know what theirs are this is very important if you were raised in a household where they whooped ass and your significant other part was gonna do that, that's a big hot button off the rip. If you are different religions, that's a big hot button off the rip. If you wanna be a more of a passive or uninvolved parent and they're more of an authoritarian or authoritative or permissive, those are that's a hot button off the rip. Like these are all things you need to discuss. What like what like what are you playing like tattoos piercings drinking uh giving them money is that all these things y'all should have conversations about now y'all not gonna be able to knock out everything all day but periodically i need to sit down if you think about some stuff like the way me and my wife do it is when i think of some parenting shit but we did it before we even thought we thought we was gonna have kids like what we how we would be parents in the future you know what i'm saying like we was just thinking, like, yeah, we, my kid, we have a kid. I'm, I'm a. Da-da-da-da-da. We didn't even know the timeline yet. We were just talking shit, but we did talk about parenting values a lot, you know. And it's based off what we were, where we were at in our time, in, uh, in our time and lives. So, parenting values. Talk about them. Have discussions about them. Know where y'all are at. Okay, if y'all. And y'all don't have to be on the same page about everything, but it is nice to know where each other stands and that makes it a lot more of a conscious decision when y'all do have a kid because you're going to know where this person stands and whether or not they're backing down or not, okay? So please follow those tips to keep your relationship strong because keeping your relationship strong is going to be, yes, it's going to be tedious. It's going to feel like another chore, but love is not supposed to be Super easy, because anything easy isn't worth it. You know, the work or the work behind love. Love itself is easy, but that's only when you do the work. Okay, you got to do the work, and this is one of those things you do to work. You keep your relationship strong after your baby by doing the work as a couple and as a person. I hope that helped y'all, and thank y'all for listening. Uh Now we about to get into. Story time with my boy Ra. All right, y'all. Uh, welcome to Story Time. We got my boy Ra here. Ra, go ahead and introduce yourself, man.
1: Hey, everybody. My name is Alizam. Here in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm here to give y'all my side of the story? Yeah. <laughs>
0: All right, so yeah, go ahead. Um, today's story time is gonna be told by Azam, man. He's gonna uh, give a story uh, about him and his father, and then I'm gonna ask him some questions. And that's pretty much how we're gonna do this, man. Azam is gonna be the first guest on the show, man. Um, he is uh, not only is he an artist, as I mentioned earlier, but he's also he also does track and field. He's really good at what he
1: does. Uh, tell him something about that, man. Uh, right now, yeah, like you said, I'm an aspiring artist. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it's a lot to do. It's a lot of things to that you want to dip your hands in, and I'm having fun with it. I am recently dabbled into making tables, surfaces, and wall art. It's a lot of creative ideas and things to do with that than just painting on top of a square canvas. You know, you can cut it out any way you want to. And then there's a larger variety of things to make for other people with it, and I'm really enjoying it right now. I also do graphic work. Um, I make a lot of graphic flyers for people running for positions in schools and athletes who just want more promotion that their school doesn't give them and small business companies that are just trying to get off the ground. They'll have time to do this, that, the third, fourth, and the fifth.
0: Don't forget about podcasts, man. You did a great job with my work.
1: Right, right, right. Uh, I actually just made this man's recent flyer it came out pretty good. It was a lot of work put into it. Now I have a lot more things to add to other people's work moving in the future because I learned a lot from working on his so
0: uh, we're gonna go ahead and let Ron go ahead and get into his story and then we'll get into afterwards man go ahead
1: Uh, I want to say I have I'm what I'm 24 years old and I had my dad with me for those 24 years he just recently passed this last winter and I find it completely Inconveniently unfair It's it's so sad Because like at this point in age Me and him were finally starting to see eye to eye You know as a parent As a parent your job is to raise your kid But they don't tell you What happens after he's raised At that point it's all downhill You know you guys become friends Or whatever you guys talk about stuff That you couldn't talk about as kids because When you were a kid because you didn't see eye to eye you didn't know what he was dealing with or he didn't know if you would be able to understand what he was talking about when it came to certain things because you guys were dabbling in two different worlds but now that you came apart and came to the same world it just hits different it just hits different and i uh i really wish i got the experience that more because i finally got a a good little taste of it i was like dang this is gonna be a fun little 40 20 years but from the experience you know being able to do stuff. Me and my brother always had different school schedules. So our spring breaks weren't the same at all. So me, and, me, my brother, my dad never got to really go on big spring breaks. And now that we were all out of school, there was no more people having to go to 8 a.m. classes and stuff like that. We were looking forward to being able to do what we wanted together. And just, you know, clock out and go have fun. But uh, I'm ready for those questions you were telling me about that you
0: had right <laughs> for me. I appreciate you sharing your story, man. I know it's not easy talking about something like that, dog. And, uh, you know, it's, it's completely dead. Definitely had an impact on your life. Um, my first question was basically going to be having him in your life affected your life on a
1: grand scale. Okay. Great structure, in a way. And support as a growing young man because I mean a lot of people are raised by single parent households I was raised in a single parent household I had my dad a lot of people I've met were raised by their mom I find that to be strange the two types of people that you get out of that situation you know um, a mother is more nurturing than the father I mean like so it's not to say that there's anything wrong with it but I would say I prefer being raised by another male because they have access to knowledge and stuff like that. They can literally give to you that they went through. A father yeah. trying to tell a daughter how to how to live is kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. So that was also, that was a good thing. Uh, the support for sports was amazing too. You know, some moms don't like their son's playing football. I actually hear this a lot. I'm like, I have a kid, a boy, he's playing baseball. He's not going to do all that tackling or get tackled and get hurt and have concussions and this and that. I'm like, wow. I mean, he's good at what he's good at. You can't kind of make him do what you want him to do. This is like the pick and this and the third. I always bring that up. Because you can't force your kid to do something they don't want to do. You always just end up with an angry kid in a soap opera. So, yeah. Ask
0: somebody who Raised by his mother, I can attest to this. Uh, just met my dad literally a few years ago. Until then, it was just mom for about 18 years. So, yeah, there's only so much a father can a son. And yeah. when I
1: moved up, uh, when I moved up north for college, I was staying with my aunt. First young, real female role model in my life. Uh, and I learned a thing or two about living with a woman. They come with a lot of, like, small stressors. Like, they'll ask you the same question five or six times after you didn't it and reassured them. It's kind of annoying, even if it's for the smallest situations. Like, I didn't have to deal with that. And I didn't know how to, like, diffuse that bomb into, like, a couple attempts. But that was one thing I definitely learned that I didn't have, that I got to avoid growing up. For sure. Uh,
0: um, my next question for you is going to be: what What's one of the core values that your father gave
1: you that still affects you to this day? Uh, one thing he taught me: we was in journeys, we was in journeys, and we was talking about shoes. And he taught me quality versus quantity. You got to know when to get what and how it could be used. I was always, I've always been a person that likes quality over quantity because I mean, you don't have to get it over and, over and over and over and over and over and over and over again after the quantity version of it depreciates but and the the lesson he was trying to instill in me is yeah you can have that one pair of shoes that's super cool but like you won't be able to keep up with the kids that's got all these low-end shoes that have different colors variety that they can wear with different outfits and, and all this i'm like you know what you got a good point and then i just took that type of mentality Knowing when to give quality and knowing when to give quantity and just apply it in my life aspects, you know, like when it comes to painting, uh, when you give me the topic or the idea of what you want, I'm trying to decide right now, quality or quantity, what is it that they're really looking for? And for most commercial business, it's more quality, it's more quantity for more residential, more regular people that want something in their home, it's more quality. It, helps. it really does because then like it reminds me oh i don't need to go micro detail on this version of it because it's just quantity i just need to get it out i just need to keep making them and like, getting it out so how
0: do you That's think the, the quality versus quantity affected your relationships with people not just as in
1: like significant other like friends family how, how do you how do you think that affected those relationships that's a good question. I never thought about it that way, but now that I am, I would say it's more like uh, knowing who your close friends are and knowing who those high and by people are that you see on campus or just see around often, you know? Uh, you It's great to give those people, those type of people, the quantity people, your time, but you know, they're not going to ask the hard questions. Hey, how you doing today? Is your mental okay? You're uh, Is your pocket straight? You want you need something to eat. They're not going to ask those type of questions, and those are the type of people type you need to know. Are your non-playable characters, the background characters, and stuff in your life? So I would say that's how that would apply. Just knowing okay. the difference. Okay. So basically, just like like putting
0: that time in with those quality people, um, and being able to discern between quantity and quality people.
1: Yeah, even in relationships, knowing the difference between equality and a quality opposite sex person, because you don't want to put all your energy into one. You don't want to put all this good energy into someone that has bad quality. You know, before we even date somebody, we don't even ask what their credit score is.
0: <laughs> that's yeah, credit score. That, that's that's a, that's an icebreaker right there, man. You know what they say significant other means, right? What? Sign if I can't.
1: That, yeah. I I guess that is what that means.
0: Literally. Significant other means sign if I can't. If your credit ain't good, we we ain't good. Can you
1: wait? You, you, can you do it? You can't cover it. Alright, uh, <laughs> looking for other options. <laughs> uh, my last question for you, man, is gonna be
0: is there anything you wish you could have changed about you and your father's relationship?
1: Mm. All right. Okay. I see this in some in some parents' livelihoods. Uh, I feel like my dad was a real parent. Like he was there, and I can't. I can't. I, there's nothing about that that I'm mad about, you know. But there's the one thing I would change is I wish that he would learn. I wish he would learn how to like turn off parent mode from time to time, and you know, be a friend or something like that. Like that that type of that type of love and build is also monumental I, I be talking to people they be like yeah I just got off my phone with my my parent I'm like bro you told me you called them yesterday an hour ago 10 minutes ago I'm like how often do you talk 3 5 10 times a day I'm like bro what are you talking about with your parents like so I'm like okay maybe they are talking about something cool and valuable that I just haven't even discovered yet and like I said earlier, like I had finally got to that echelon to where we could talk on a two to three times a day basis and it would be entertaining and stuff like that. And I was like, dang, this is a part of the relationship that I haven't unfolded that I've been missing this whole time. So I would say that for real.
0: Okay. Um, I know I said it was my last question, but I do have to follow up with this one since you said that. Do you think that your father being a single and a parent of... He was he was the single father, correct? Yeah. Do you think he was more in survival mode, trying to raise multiple boys, and it didn't allow him to step out of that parental role?
1: Or do you think it might have been something else? Man... Like, I don't... Nah, going back to what I said in the beginning, I, I totally agree with what you just said. It probably was that because, you know, like, once you're out of the nest and he doesn't have to worry about you anymore, like... It brings comfort to him. You know, he doesn't have to ask you the question of is your homework done? Is is you are you on top of your stuff? How's that going? How's this going? It's it's, it's more of a relaxed conversation like how you would have with your casual friend. And you could bring up silly topics and talk about silly stuff. Right. All that. So that that's a that's a good reason to say that's probably why I never got to that part until I got to that part.
0: Understood.
1: Man, well yeah, opening of- eyes. Crazy. <laughs>
0: look, man, look, rest in peace around there. He was a he was a beautiful soul, man, and he was definitely a big part of my life as well. but um, I'm, sure, I'm sure wherever he at, man, he's looking down at he he he's uh, he's proud of you, man, for sure. Appreciate that. Thank you for coming on, man. You're the first guest and uh, I couldn't ask for a better a better man than my brother to be on this bitch
1: for sure for sure for sure thank y'all for tuning in here at dad days y'all make sure y'all tune in, in the next couple episodes we got some big surprises for y'all
0: for sure for sure man Do you want to plug your instagram or plug any, anywhere else you putting out content man
1: uh yeah go ahead and follow my instagram page at rlazon904 that's where you can find me that's where you can find my content for art and uh keep my track and field journey we got championships coming up in the next 30 to 40 days. Y'all keep tuned in. Right, I appreciate everybody for tuning in, man. Peace and love. Y'all be safe.
0: Peace.